Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Starting in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. I want to have you guys join me in reading God's word uh, aloud. This is out of Psalm. Blessed is the one. I acknowledged my sin. And this is the word of the Lord. You guys may grab a seat. So there's a couple in our church that had a situation in their home. It went from bad to worse. Uh, so as not to embarrass them, I'll not mention their name, but it was Molly and Aaron York. And, and, and Molly came home from work one day, and, and Aaron was just disgusted, and he looked at her and he said, I'm going to kill our cat. So what happened prior to Molly getting home was, was the cat um, went to the bathroom, did not go to the bathroom in its litter box. And I'm not trying to be gross, but it, it was here, okay? It was here. That's bad. Amen? Okay. It gets worse. The Roomba, like the, the, the robotic vacuum cleaner thing, right? Has no sense of smell, uh, uh, did not pick up on what was in front of it. So as you can imagine, the, the robot is, is, is all uh, doing its thing. Uh, Aaron was there to deal with this. So, so what had happened was it went from bad to worse, well, they have a little baby, and they're trying to disinfect their whole house. It gets worse, okay? Now, it's not the baby. It's not the baby. But here's what happens. So they're cleaning. They're disinfecting. And it's like, man, it got on sheets. It got on everything. So they're cleaning, and it's laundry, and it's bed sheets, and it's, and it's coverings. And, and they wash it, and then they put it in the dryer, and they're sitting there, and they think everything's good. And Molly's like, what's that noise? Like, is there a shoe in the dryer? And like every good husband, Aaron says, it's nothing. And at that moment, dryer door flies open. Cat jumps out of the running dryer. Now listen, the cat is still alive. It is in counseling. <laughs> but, but here's what happened. It went from bad to worse. 
So good morning, Hill City. My name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at Hill City, and, and it's, a, it's an honor. Um, we're going through the book of Genesis. We started a while back. This is, uh, man, th- we, are, we are ending Genesis chapter 3, finally. Here we are in our eighth week, and we are just now getting through Genesis chapter 3. And you need to know something this morning. It, it has gone from bad to worse. The ground cursed. Satan cursed. Sin had entered the world. Fear had entered the world that that, that was not there. Shame came into our world. That's bad. Amen? And it gets worse. Sometimes, listen, sometimes, doesn't it, it, it may feel like God is against us. That is a reality. Here in Genesis chapter 3, in its final verses, we didn't know really that the Bible actually admits it. That's not good. We have a problem, and it's way bigger than what we thought. Yeah, fear, shame, cursing, it's bad. But it gets worse, see? And it's so bad. You need to hear this this morning. Self-awareness, self-help, self-actualizing, all are worthless against the problem that we have. See, we now learn that we have a divine, all-powerful, perfect, holy adversary. He is all good, and we are now not at all good. And it seems hopeless, but I want you to know there is a a glimmer of hope. So as we travel through these final verses today, there is a glimmer of hope. And then we are going to see, oh, but there is justice because God is just. And in that justice, we will see, oh, there is actually a living hope. So we're going to go from a glimmer of hope to justice to a living hope. We see here today, and we're going to start with this glimmer of hope in verse 20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was mother of all the living. Here we see that Adam went from not trusting God and his word, and now he trusts God and his word in the way that he named the woman. See, up to now, she has been named woman. Only in verse verse 20 does she get the name Eve. Eve, which means mother of all the living. Quite literally, it means life. So Adam heard what God said, and then he said, okay, I believe you, Eve. She will be the mother of all the living. So don't, don't miss that. Adam didn't trust God's word when he ate of the fruit. Here he's trusting God's word in the way that he names his wife. And then in verse 21, there's more hope. And we touched on this last week, but there's just more to talk about here. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So here, God covers Adam and Eve's nakedness. But let's talk a little more about nakedness and, and, and fig leaves. Remember, they had covered themselves with fig leaves. We didn't talk a ton about nakedness. Listen, we have nightmares about nakedness. Just me? Right? Why is that the case? Nakedness scares us. It's because what nakedness really is, is it's a total lack of control. 
specifically a total lack of control of what people might know about us. And we cannot bear to be out of control of what people know about us. We have to control the narrative. It's unbearable when people know us. Why? Because we all know ourselves better than anybody. We know deep within us, something is wrong with me. We know deep within us, something is wrong about me. We are all expert, we have expert knowledge in our insufficiencies. There's something deep within us that we disapprove of. So what do we do? We spend our lives seeking to cover it so that people won't know. We spend our lives covering it so that people won't have something on us. We, we spend our lives covering it because we don't want people to have any kind of power over us, so we cover and we cover Now here's what's worse about us. It's not that we just seek to cover our own insufficiencies and our our own deficiencies, but, but all the while we're doing that, we try to uncover other people's insufficiencies because it makes it feel makes us feel better about our own. I must be beautiful. I can't stand that anyone would not think that I was beautiful. So I gotta, I gotta go get all the latest fashion, and I, and I've gotta make sure that I got the latest and greatest makeup and hairstyles because I must be beautiful. People must see that I am beautiful. I must be successful. People have to see that I'm successful, that I have it together, that I can go start a company, run a company, I can make a bunch of money. People have to see that. Why? Why is that happening? Because somewhere deep inside of us, we, 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 we think, man, we're not beautiful. Somewhere deep inside of us, like, like we're not successful. So, so we use that to cover all the while. Then when we see someone that is beautiful, we say, oh, she's fake. Oh, look at her. Because we must uncover. We see someone that is successful and we go, oh, they must be greedy. Because we must uncover while we cover. The human condition is a game of fig leaves. We cover and we uncover. But here's what we know about leaves. Hello, autumn. If we'll learn anything, we know that they wither and they blow away. And they only ever continue to leave us naked and exposed. We have a problem. We need covered. But we need God to cover us. And here we see the glimmer of hope. He does just that. And here's the beauty. When God covers you, God covers me. We don't care so much about what others think anymore. And when God covers you and God covers me, we actually don't seek to uncover, but we will start to see the best in others. See, God does cover, but don't miss it. It took innocent blood to cover. See, see, an animal skin had to be taken 
from it to cover Adam and Eve. Innocent blood because covering takes justice. And God is just. So there is justice, which then takes us then to our final verses here. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. Verse 24, he drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and, and listen, and a flaming sword and turned every way. To guard the way to the tree of life. So here, now our attention is brought to a tree. This tree showing us and representing eternal life. And what does God do to the man and the woman and ultimately to us? He drives them out. See, eternal life is no longer an option for Adam and Eve, and it's no longer an option for us, but it was supposed to be. So, but why? God, why did you do this? Why would God drive them out and, and eternal life no longer be an option for them? Well, in his commentary on Genesis, Kenneth Matthews informs us that God, God did not do this because of fear of usurpation, but rather sympathy. For the misery the first couple must endure, an assurance that their pitiful state is not consigned for eternity. See, even in this driving out, God was gracious. But what does he do? He placed cherubim, flaming swords, to guard the tree of life. To guard this place where the presence of God dwelt. And these swords point to God's judgment. They point to God's justice. And you're going to see this as you continue to read your Old Testament. You need to allow this to go, oh, I remember that in Genesis. See, you're going to see in Exodus chapter 36, you're going to read about a tabernacle. And on the curtains of the tabernacle that, 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 was, that guarded the place where God dwelt behind that curtain. See, on there were, were, were cherubim with swords sewn onto the curtain. In Numbers chapter 7, uh, you see you're going to read about a mercy seat. And, and over the mercy seat are cherubim with swords. Psalm 99.1 says, the Lord reigns let the people tremble he sits enthroned upon the cherubim let the earth quake so you're going to see this throughout well, the whole point is this listen listen the presence of God is being guarded why because sin has separated us from the presence of God sin has taken away eternal life And what, it is, what is it that we spend our lives doing? Because it's bad, but it gets worse. It's not just that we, it's not only that we seek to cover and uncover others. We spend our lives reaching. Don't miss this. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand 
and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. In other words, God said, no. If he stays here, he will reach and he will take of this and he will have eternal life. That can't happen. So God drove them out. But here's the problem. Being driven out never has stopped us from reaching. We reach. See, God knows that the man and the woman will will reach for, for what they were meant to have. But now they can't. And what happened with Adam and Eve... It happened with us. So what was it? What happened with us? Well, let me just kind of paint a picture. Just use a story. Imagine with me, okay, if there was a father and he had children, right? And he regularly played with his kids in the yard. Let's say the father would regularly do s'mores by a fire with his kids. And it's an incredible memory. Let's say the father would dance with each kid, a fun, special dance on their birthday, right? And the dad dad is just, he's just dadding so hard. Now, just imagine if this father would, would pass away, right? And, 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 but then the kids were like, hey, I'll go play in the yard. I'll keep eating s'mores. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just dance on my birthday. And they, keep, and they keep doing it. And they keep doing these things. But, but every time they do them, they're just like, Ugh. It's not the same. What's the problem? Like, they're playing, they're eating, they're dancing. Like, what's the problem? Come on. Well, listen, we all know what the problem is. It it wasn't the experience that the kids would desire. It's the one that they had those experiences with that they desire. If the kids could have anything in the world, it wouldn't be to play in the yard or to eat s'mores or to do a dance. If the kids could have anything in the world, it would be, I want my dad back. That's what they desire. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it tells us this. It says that he has put eternity into our hearts, okay? We got that from our mom and dad, meaning Adam and Eve mom and dad. Like, it's there. We know. I'm gonna, listen, listen, what I know and what you know, because we all know this, listen, something isn't normal about this world. Something isn't right here. Something's messed up here. You know it, and I know it. And what all, what is it? What is it that we know? That there's a tree in a garden. And that there's a God. Listen, I don't know if you're following Jesus, but I know this. You know that there's a God. God wired you that way. So what do we do? Because we know this. What do we do? We reach for that which we think will give us life. 
And it's, it's, it's like a little kid that reaches for bubbles. And we just reach and we think we can grab them. And, and, and there's the bubble and we go, yep. And we, poop. Nothing's there. But we keep reaching for that which we think will give us life. So we consume, we consume, and we consume. And our hands always come up empty, and our bellies never get full. So we consume, and maybe it's music, and maybe it's books. Maybe we consume TV shows and movies, and if that doesn't work, then we consume addictive substances. We consume shallow, self-serving relationships. We will consume sex. Some of us will consume pornography. What are we doing? We are consuming and reaching for anything that we think would give us a feeling of significance or we reach for that which would numb our feeling of insignificance because we were most significant in a garden in the presence of God and that's what you want we consume because we desire more than what we are getting from our life story. We consume because we want a bigger story. See, some of you, you want to be part of a love story. Some of you, see, you want to be a part of an adventure story. And some of you just love drama. That's going to be the story you're trying to get into. And all the while reaching for those stories and in search of those stories, we actually become addicted to a darker story. And it's the story of hopeless reaching. And what we really become addicted to is a story of experience chasers. Can I just sum up the United States of America for us right now? We're just a bunch of experience chasers because we're reaching for that which we think will give us life, but we must know that experiences apart from a righteous and holy God, they always leave us empty and broken and wanting more. But we keep reaching Because our hearts know that there's a garden and our hearts know that eternal life was at one time possible. We reach for where our hearts know that we were created to be. And what was it? Why the garden? What was it that we had there? It wasn't about the fruit, it wasn't about the weather, it wasn't about the trees. It's the presence of God. That's what you desire at the depths of your soul. And you cannot ever get it out of you. You can keep trying and you can keep trying. And that's actually what we do. We keep trying to find what we most desire on our own power. And Satan, the liar and the deceiver, he keeps telling you, you can. You can find it on your own power. Keep trying. And it's a lie because he hates you. We're simpletons, okay? And I'm not being mean to anyone in here. 
we go after this stuff on Netflix. Netflix won't do it. New college degree won't do it. New vacation won't do it. We reach. A new husband ain't going to do it. A new wife ain't going to do it. Here's the bad part. As we keep reaching for that which we think will give us life, And it's not only just that it's empty, it's that we actually grab death. It's dark. We must get back to where we were created to be. And here lies a huge, huge problem, way bigger than we ever imagined. Why? Because there's some flaming swords that now our attention is drawn to. And if we're going to get back to where God created us to be, we would have to go through flaming swords. Here's what I know about flaming swords. They wound fatally. No one goes against flaming swords and lives to tell about it. So we have a really, really huge problem. Actually, we are hopeless. We are hopeless on our own because God is perfectly just And if we're ever going to go through those swords, if we're ever going to get back to where we were created to be, justice would have to be satisfied. And here is where now hope comes in. Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless Son of God, here's what he did. He became naked and exposed. The Bible actually says he, he became the curse. He drank the cup of God's wrath. Let me say it this way. He took the swords. He took the fatal wounds. And that justice gives us hope because it is Jesus who actually made a way back into what we long for the most, which is the presence of God. And when you see these flaming swords, they absolutely let us know we have no entrance into paradise because of who we are and what we did. That's what the flaming swords tell us. But when our eyes go to Jesus on the cross, it lets us know something different. It lets us know you have entrance into paradise because of who I am and what I have done. And this is the greatest news that you're ever going to hear in your life. You have a way. We reach for that which we think will give us life. And here's what's ironic. All the while, life has actually reached for us. Don't you get it? Jesus reached 
for us. He reached first. And because of that truth, we are now, we, we are now enabled then to reach back for him. And when Jesus reaches and when Jesus takes our hand, like it's palpable, it's, it's, it's life. And my challenge to all of you today is reach back, reach back and grab the one who has reached for you first. Listen, don't hear what I'm not saying, because listen, this is church world, it's the Ozarks. I'm not saying, hey, you've been a bad boy, you've been a bad girl, start being a good one. That's death, that's a message of death. That will help no one. What is reaching for Jesus? It's realizing that he actually does the reaching first, and he did it on a cross, and he was innocent it was innocent blood that covers us so what do we do what what is it how do how do we reach we come to him we confess we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts well how do we confess it's quite simple and I know some of you have never done this in this room and I just want to help you I want to shepherd you how do I confess like I want to follow Jesus how do I do that it's simple here it is just you you talk to God like you would like you would anyone else like a father and you say God help me You say, God, will you cover me? I I need you to cover me. And God, because of what Jesus did, he stands ready to forgive. So listen, to to those in the room, and I know this is the majority of us in here. It's not all of us, but to the beloved, to to the called, to the kept in Christ, the ones who have trusted Jesus. But, But listen, maybe you're not sensing the presence of God. Maybe you have forgotten what it's like to be to be fully alive in God's presence. You don't feel like like you are in the presence of of God. I just want to suggest something to you this morning. Number one, the Bible says that actually when you follow Jesus, the presence of God now lives in you. So listen, you're feeling something that that isn't true. But what I would suggest something is maybe you're not sensing it because you might just need to turn all the noise off around you. Let me say it this way. Some of you don't feel the presence of God. I'm I'm talking to the Christ follower in the room. You don't feel it because you're looking for food in the trash pile. You got to get out of the trash pile. You got to turn off Netflix. You got to turn off your Spotify. You got to you got listen. You got to you got to put the stuff you're reading away. And you need to find some silence, and you need to find some solitude, and you need to pray. And you get in God's word because you're, you're trying to get nourished in, in a trash pile where Jesus came on the scene. He said, no, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So let me t- listen, let me talk to the ones there. You're, you are here. You are not following Jesus. You have never passed from death to life. You have never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is the son of God. You've never reached for Jesus. And here, listen, maybe you believe that he exists, okay? Maybe that's where you are because you're in Springfield, Missouri, and that's what we do. We believe that he exists, but you've never reached for him. I love you. I want, I want your eye contact this morning. Today is the day. 
And we, listen, maybe we don't create enough space for this often enough, but today is the day. Like Jesus reached for you, and you need to reach back, and you need, you need to realize that you are hopeless on your own. And you just simply ask him to cover you. If you're serving communion, I want you to go get the tables ready. Listen, we have, we have a tank here full of water, and, I, and we don't ever do this, okay, and I know it. We're going to have some people up here praying. I'm going to be standing in this stairwell. Aaron Nelson's going to be standing with me. You saw him. He's, he's, he's our, he's our uh, salt director. And here's what needs to happen. There are some people here that just need to come up and pray and say, God, cover me. And he is going to meet you right here, and he's going to change your life. And then we just need to walk right to this tank that's already here. And we've got extra towels because I believe God's going to do something here today. We've got extra towels, and you're going to go home just a little bit wet. But you don't have that much time to wait. and You just go home wet and change your clothes. But some of you haven't followed Jesus some of you, maybe you follow Jesus, but you haven't obeyed him. You haven't proclaimed that he is, he is the one by being baptized. And listen, today is the day. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. With all that is within me, Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Do not forget all his kind deeds. He is the one who forgives all of your sins. Not some of them. Every single one. He heals all your diseases. Who delivers your life from the pit. Who crowns you with his loyal love and compassion. Who satisfies your life with good things. So your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord does what is fair. And he executes justice for all the oppressed. The Lord revealed his faithful acts to Moses. His deeds to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. He does not always accuse and he does not stay angry. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us as our misdeeds deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so his loyal love towers over his faithful followers. As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he removes the guilt of our rebellious actions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers. For he knows what we are made of. He realizes, go to Genesis. Genesis 3, he, or Genesis chapter 1, he realizes we were made from clay. Oh, he loves you. Reach for him. He reached first. God, Holy Spirit of God, you, you hover over this place. Now your word has gone out. Now, now act, act in this place. Change hearts in this place. Give new hearts in this place. Move on 
us. Pour, pour out your spirit on us. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me?